This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. I'm Kate Bendel from Sober Yoga. I struggled with drinking for years until I discovered yoga. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore yoga as a tool for overcoming addiction. My passion is to share that there is a way out of the alcohol trap that doesn't require you to identify as powerless or even as an alcoholic. Sober Yoga, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oir.org.nz. Good morning and welcome to Sober Yoga. This is a show that is for people who are interested in perhaps changing their relationship with alcohol or perhaps you already have and feel that something's missing in your recovery. So I'm Kate Bendel and thank you for joining me for this half hour. My my story very briefly Uh, if it's the first time for you listening, is that I struggled with alcohol from a very young age, 17, and used the normal methods of recovery, which at that time were 12 steps and counselling and rehab, but never actually managed to establish myself in long-term sobriety. And it was when I finally, a few years later, discovered yoga that somehow the combination of yoga and some of those other things alongside that managed to give me the kind of support and the tools that I personally needed to finally achieve a life without alcohol that felt good I wasn't struggling I wasn't I didn't miss alcohol and in fact fell in love with yoga so much that I then went on to be dedicate my life to yoga really I've studied yoga for years and now am a yoga teacher so this show is open in the way that I don't necessarily think that the labels that we use around alcohol or addiction or alcoholic I don't think they're particularly helpful so if you have some labels that you use and make sense to you and they you identify in some way or another um, of course you keep using them I don't tend to use those labels uh, doesn't mean that they don't apply and for some people they are a, a vital part of dealing with alcohol and equally we're looking at alcohol as something that's on a continuum, the use of alcohol. Um, At one end of the spectrum, there are people who can drink in a fairly harmless manner. And I know that's even a slightly controversial statement, uh, particularly if you're a woman and there is links to alcohol consumption and breast cancer. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. What I'm really talking about is that at one end of the spectrum, there are some people in society who can use alcohol in a way that is not causing them major damage or harm in their life. And at the other end of the spectrum, we have people who are basically destroying their life because of alcohol. And in the middle, there's a huge variety. And what we are seeing more and more now particularly around this um, COVID pandemic is that alcohol consumption, regular overconsumption of alcohol is on the rise, particularly 
amongst women. There seems to be something that's happening to deal with the stress and the change in habit and the extended periods of isolation for a lot of people that more and more people are turning to alcohol and what may have started out as just a a sort of a gentle mild once in a while can quite quickly turn into a real problem so I want to talk today a little bit because someone asked me about, okay, so if yoga is going to help, why is it going to help? And then secondly, what sort of yoga should I do? Because there is a lot of yoga in the world, which is marvellous and confusing at the same time. So to answer the first bit of that question, why or how does yoga help with addiction? That's it's multi-layered. One of the primary things that a yoga practice can do is to begin to move the nervous system out of the parasympathetic, no, out of the sympathetic nervous system, which is where we're in flight or fight or stress. And a lot of us are in that a lot of the time. And it's not really a healthy place to be. It's the perfect place to be if you need to deal with an emergency. But other than that, we really should be, uh, we should be functioning from our parasympathetic nervous system, which is where we're relaxed. We have time to respond, not react. And our energy is calm and yeah, we're not, it's the opposite of feeling stressed, really, it's feeling relaxed. And so a yoga practice is one of the ways to make that switch so that you can bring yourself into a more natural state. And often for people who use alcohol, it's a generalization, so it may not apply to you if you're listening, but for a lot of people, one of the reasons we use alcohol is to relax. People come home from work, it's a very common scenario, and to mark, ha, huh, I've finished my busy day, now I want to relax. People pour themselves a glass of wine or they have a, 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 a can of beer or something, a bottle of beer. So if you want to stop using alcohol, if it's become a problem for you, you need to find other ways to relax. And, and yoga is particularly good at that. It will slightly depend on what yoga you end up doing. Some are maybe not as relaxing as others, but generally, broadly speaking, if yoga is taught in its correct way, it's more of like a martial art, actually. It, it should be relaxing. The breathing should come into a regular smooth pattern. The heart rate should settle down and you switch into that parasympathetic nervous system. So that's one of the sort of obvious gross reasons why yoga can help with addiction. But there's far more than that. Like underneath, like the actual purpose of yoga is it's a path. It's a spiritual path of self-transformation. And as anyone with an addiction or an alcohol problem will know, it's like you need to actually change something that has become a problematic habit. It's quite tricky. 
Otherwise, people would just do it and there wouldn't be a drama. But it is a difficult thing to do because we're complicated. As human beings, we are complicated. And yoga has stood the test of time. It's been around for over 5,000 years as a process of spiritual transformation. So you may not feel that or experience that necessarily if you're just going down to the local or even the gym you can do yoga and kind of doing a physically based class. It may not be apparent during that class that this actually is a, a, a deeper path. But if you hang around long enough and end up finding teachers who have studied it in depth, you will come to appreciate and understand that the tools of yoga go way, way, way beyond the physical postures that you do in a class. They are very introverted. They're meditative processes. Like You learn very complicated breathing techniques. You learn the art of meditation. And those things can be used to help sort out what is it that's driving your misuse of alcohol. And yoga also is clear that it's not a quick fix, that you don't do a six-week course and then you finish, you're done. It says in the yoga scriptures that this is actually a lifetime path and it takes a while to actually see the results. Even though you might feel really good after your first class, and often people do, to get some of those deeper long-term benefits, you need to practice regularly over a long period of time. And so when people are looking at what sort of yoga to do, it can be a really confusing situation to find yourself in. So what I want to talk about today a little bit is the different types of yoga that are around and also the process to go through to perhaps find the yoga that suits you most. So I would say in particular, if you have tried yoga before and it didn't give you what you wanted or what you were looking for, don't give up. There is so many different types of yoga out there. Just because you didn't find the right one initially doesn't mean that yoga is not going to work for you. Because what has happened as yoga has come into the modern world, it has changed drastically from its origins. And some of those changes for some people are maybe a positive thing. But also it does mean that there's a lot of yoga out there that has lost the essence of what yoga actually is and you end up just doing a exercise class like Pilates or something and you may be dissatisfied. It's like, well, that's not actually given, giving me what I need. So yoga hasn't been in the West for that long. It's sort of some of the earliest yoga came at the, the turn of the century and that yoga that came out of India at that time was largely bought by Hindu gentlemen. So it had a religious tone to it. They were practicing Hindus and they were using their yoga practice in the context of their religious religious practice. And 
The thing about yoga is that it is a spiritual practice and it embraces and holds space most definitely for spiritual transformation. It is about God realization and self realization if you want to use it for that. And it is fairly non specific about naming what that entity is that they yoga doesn't say it doesn't name divinity it well, it has various names but it also says that it's a personal relationship that you develop through your practice one of the names they use is Ishvara but they're not saying basically yoga says that the divine is too big to fit into any one particular religion um, you can use yoga as to pursue that spiritual connection. It doesn't mean you have to be a Hindu by any means. And it also means that whatever, if you are already have a, a religious practice, if you are already a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu, you can practice yoga and have your God in your yoga practice. So that's sometimes a little bit confusing for people. It's sort of like, is it, is it Hindu or is it not? So it's actually not, even though it's born from India, it, it is encompasses this idea that a spiritual path can be taken by anyone of any religion and that there are many doorways into the same house. So if you're listening to this and think, well, actually, I don't want, I'm not interested in spirituality because some people just are not. It's like, well, what's that got to do with my drinking? Yoga can, some of the things yoga offers are non-negotiable. It's like these, to practice yoga, you must adhere to some of these things and must do some of these things. To pursue spirituality within yoga is an option. So you can still practice yoga and not want to include the spiritual dimension to it, um, which some people, that's what they choose to do. However, what it does, what yoga does, no matter what sort you do, yoga talks a lot about the mind, far more about the mind than the body. So what has happened is yoga has come into the West in about the 60s, some very strong teachers from India or their students, actually, Western students who went to India practice with some of the greats, you probably know the names, Katabi Joyce, Iyengar, Indra Devi, um, Desikachar. Their students came back to the West and started teaching quite physical yoga, which is definitely part of yoga. But as that has kind of been passed on and there's more teachers who have taught more students, who have taught more students, some of the deeper stuff, the philosophy behind it, has fallen away. And Westerners have become fairly obsessed with the physical practice and put an enormous amount of time and energy in a misguided way into the physical practice, thinking that the aim of the practice is the physical asanas. That's the name for the postures. And this can be helpful and it can hopefully be a phase or a part of your yoga journey. And particularly for people with addiction, 
it can really make a difference. Those physical practices are very cleansing. So often <coughs> when we come to a point in our life that we realise actually this drinking is harmful and it's like a toxic element in our life, there is cleansing that needs to go on, on a physical level, on an emotional level and on a mental level. And so those physical practices can be really beneficial and really appropriate to help in that process. And it's one of the results of cleansing is that some clarity can come. So for any of you who are listening and know when you've got into problematic drinking, one of the things that seems to disappear is mental clarity. And I'm not talking about just when you're intoxicated. It's like this heaviness, this negativity, this shroud of unclear thinking can become the norm. And you kind of get into this very downward spiraling pattern of making bad choices, which then make you feel bad, which then make you drink more. And the whole thing is lacking in kind of the opposite is someone who feels clean and clear and makes good choices. And yoga can help direct you more down that path. And for some of us, myself included, there was a period where I was doing both. And that's not actually uncommon. Sometimes people think, oh, I can't go to yoga because I eat meat or I smoke cigarettes or I, I drink alcohol, so I can't do yoga. The, the wonderful thing about yoga is that it you start where you are. You don't need to meet any of those requirements before you start practicing. What yoga does and the process of it is, is that you the thing that you're trying to do is establish some sense of truth, some sense of awareness of who am I right now? What state am I in emotionally, physically, mentally and spiritually? And that's where you start. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to be further down the track than you are. You're not trying to be some ideal person. You're actually trying to learn to be an authentic. You're trying to be able to tolerate experiencing your whole self because we all have light and dark. And whether you've got a drinking problem or not, for most of us, we don't feel necessarily very comfortable or empowered to look at our dark side. Sometimes there's a misunderstanding that to, to pursue a spiritual path, it's all about goodness and light and purity and generosity and kindness and all those glorious things, yes. But also a true spiritual search means that we shine the light on our own inner darkness and it's only when we can bring that darkness to the surface that we can then shine the light on it and release it and fully be ourselves so yoga if you are someone who is in trouble if you are suffering if you are seriously drinking too much if you smoke cigarettes if you eat meat yoga is really good for you don't wait until you've given up those things because you might be waiting a very long time. And, and sometimes if we go into the yoga world, unfortunately, there's this image of yoga in the West now 
of all these kind of amazingly healthy, young, pure people. And that's what yoga is. And it really isn't. That's just kind of because it looks good in terms of marketing. And marketing's a powerful thing and people need to market their yoga. So that's ended up what's happening. We've got this very unrealistic image of who yoga is for. Yoga is for people who are suffering. Whatever your age and whatever condition you're in. And that's why for people with addiction in particular, if you can find the right class, you can start to empower yourself to make the changes that you need to make. That's what I think I loved about yoga the most when it came to dealing with my own alcohol was that yoga was empowering. I never found counselling to be particularly empowering. Um, Twelve-step can be empowering. Um, if you get a good group of of really clear people in it. So depending on what you need from your yoga can sort of influence where you go to look. And marketing is marvellous in a way that it gives us options. It can also be quite deceptive. So just because we see something that has an amazing website or we see someone who looks like we expect a yoga teacher to look it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to turn up in getting the best kind of yoga for you I mean give it a go but I would also say one really good way to find a good yoga class is to ask ask people ask your friends so sometimes your friends or people around you will be the type of people that are going to resonate or benefit from the same type of yoga that you are. And I also wouldn't neglect the old-fashioned notice boards. I know they're becoming far less common these days, but there are a lot of yoga teachers out there who are not necessarily associated with the studio. They don't necessarily have a whole marketing machine behind them, but they're dedicated yoga teachers and they're just putting up posters on like down at your local supermarket or something. And they might just be teaching a really good yoga class just in your local hall, actually. Um, I'm from Dunedin, so I know for a fact that there is quite a few really good yoga classes going on in community halls around Dunedin. We also are lucky enough to have some good studios here as well. And just talking about that, actually, I do want to give a little shout out to New Yoga. It's a studio that's opened in the last couple of weeks fairly quietly because right now we're in the thick of this um, COVID. So there's a lot of people not out and about. But it has a range of classes. So if you wanted to look that up, it's just the website is nuyoga.nz and they have a variety of ages of teachers they have a variety of backgrounds of teachers and all the the intention behind all the teachers is to help 
students find the right class. If you go to one and think that didn't quite suit me, you can ask the teacher and say, is there one that's a little stronger? Is there one that's more gentle? Is there one that has a slightly different emphasis? And the teacher will help you, direct you within the studio to find a class that perhaps might be more suitable. So I hope that was helpful. Um, and thank you for your questions that are coming in sometimes to help me understand what it is that you're struggling with or what you're wanting help with and before I say farewell I would also actually on a passing note say initially you you can use YouTube there's 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 lots of yoga on YouTube and sometimes just starting at home quietly is not a bad place I don't know many to recommend I do know that Adrian yoga with Adrian. She's beautifully famous. She's got thousands of people, and it's kind of pretty good. It's okay. The only trouble with that kind of yoga is if you have to keep looking at the screen all the time, you're not going to end up with a very inward experience, which ultimately is what you want. But as a starting point, if you're listening to this and thinking, "Oh, I do want to start, but I'm not ready to go to a public class." Jump on YouTube and have a go. And five minutes every day is going to give you a far better result than an hour once a week, honestly. So thanks. You've been listening to Kate um, and the Sober Yoga. Take care and thank you for listening. I'm Kate Bendel from Sober Yoga. I struggled with drinking for years until I discovered yoga. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore yoga as a tool for overcoming addiction. My passion is to share that there is a way out of the alcohol trap that doesn't require you to identify as powerless or even as an alcoholic. Sober Yoga, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.